Welcome back to Warriors Den. This is episode 101 after a little break from the podcast because I was out hunting with my wife. So this is a, an episode we recorded while sitting on top of a mountain in my truck looking over vast vistas, which are apparently good for your health. This is uh, obviously not a normal episode because I recorded it out in the middle of nowhere. So it is cool that, uh, you know, again, one of the things about this podcast that I want to do is sort of the life and the way martial artists and generals operate. We are not just dumb meatheads. Get it? It's a joke. Hunting. Ha ha. Um, so yeah, me and my wife, now wife, started going hunting many years ago when we first started dating. Hilariously. And we discussed that this partial um, episode is mostly on hunting and discussing hunting, particularly in British Columbia, why we do it, and if it's something for you, why it is a good thing for your mental health as well, uh, mainly just to get away from it all, even if you don't catch anything that you're legally allowed to, of course, and um, do a new hobby, get back to nature, and get... Uh, what I believe is ethically sourced meat that is extremely healthy. And uh, here's a little bit about what she said on the topic. Hunting, I never thought I would ever go hunting. That's never crossed my mind. <laughs> I didn't listen to Joe Rogan. I did not watch Meat Eater. But I guess at the time, I had a lot of health issues. And I was doing process of elimination and trying to figure out what was wrong or how to fix my body because our medical system obviously failed me. John pointed her in the right direction. To listen to podcasts. And uh, Ben Greenfield, one of the biohackers I was listening to, and Joe Rogan, they kept raving about, you know, all these free-range meat. <laughs> and one of the reasons, I guess, I started was because I wanted free-range meat. It's the healthiest... Free-range as you can get. <laughs> healthiest meat you can get. Okay, if that doesn't pique your interest, these ads will, of course. So, this is obviously brought to you by Urban Tactics Kramaga, turning lambs into lions since 2013. If you're in the Metro Vancouver area and want to train with us, you can sign up or add yourself to the waiting list uh, on www.urbantacticskm.com. You can also support this podcast by going to the blog, utcamblog.com, and clicking on the support us link. There are many ways you can do that. Either simply by sharing our post, which is always free, uh, uh, or you can donate to us so that we can continue providing content, which is difficult when you have to live life as well as top of doing this. And if you enjoy it, then wonderful. If you still one of those people thinks I'm a total piece of shit, then wonderful to you too. Grow up and find someone else. I don't know why you're listening to me. Um, that's supposed to be a joke. So you can share our, our stuff. As well, go to social media, Urban Tactics Kramaga on Facebook and on Instagram and Urban Tactics KM on Twitter. What else? You can also, if you want to get your firearms license because you want to go hunting, you need to get your firearms license first. It takes longer. Uh, you can sign up also on UrbanTacticsKM.com. And uh, I have a couple updating uh, uh, upcoming courses to in Surrey. If you're listening to this, of course, recent on the recent release and to in uh, a one in Burnaby in the next few months, but I will continue to have them. So sign up early as they fill up fast. 
for that if you want your firearms license in British Columbia and Canada you do not need to be a citizen if you want to do it but you do need to do the course pass the course submit your paperwork and then hopefully if you're not too screwed up of a human being you can get your firearms license so you can do that you can also if you are unable to train with us in person you can come out to our website online which I'll hopefully be doing some updates soon www.utkmu.com whether you train regularly at a Kramaga school and just want a different perspective or you simply just want to see what we're doing uh, you can check that out utkmu.com you can sign up for either beginner packages or novice packages beginner being our white belt curriculum novice being white as well as our yellow and orange belt curriculum advanced curriculum still not ready yet so there is that so you can check it out support this podcast of course don't forget to like and share any of our episodes regardless of what streaming platform you are using to listen to them so again this episode is with my wife who is a utkm yellow belt and hunting partner because she's the bravest one i know because she dared to marry me of all things a quest to which many failed to even come close anyways this is episode 101 Krav Maga is not just a self-defense system, it is a way of life. Warrior's Den is a podcast for Kravists, fighters, martial artists, warriors, politicians, and general citizens. Consider this. The society that separates scholars from its warriors will have its thinking done by cowards and its fighting done by fools. Lucididi. Your host, Jonathan Fader, talks to guests in an open and uncensored format about their fights, their philosophies, and their lives. No topic is taboo, and the conversation may start in one place and end in another. As the quote suggests, you cannot separate the warrior from the politics and the world around them, as a true warrior must be a student in all forms of art and science. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions. Welcome back. This is a special episode. I am recording this on the top of a literal mountain, looking into a value, valley, it's been a long day, with Jojo, my wife and partner in crime. How is it on the top of the mountain? It feels great. On top of the world. I'm on top of the world. Uh, so she's a very brave woman because she married me, of course. <laughs> but let's start with uh, your martial arts journey. What brought you to martial arts? Uh, that's an interesting story. I'm a little personal. <laughs> well, don't don't get too too personal. Uh, I had a breakup, so I wanted to learn something new. And I've always wanted to learn martial arts. I don't know why. My entire life I've been drawn to to martial arts, but I've never had the time to learn it. So your school was the only school that was open on a Sunday. On a Sunday. <laughs> the, the holy day, as a friend of mine says, Jiu-Jitsu is the church. Uh, in my case, Krav Maga. Actually, no. Yeah, Krav Maga. That's what I wanted to learn. I why Krav Maga? Well, <laughs> not for the right reasons. Not for the right reasons. She wanted to be John Wick. <laughs> it's 
supposedly the deadliest martial arts, as the internet says. As the internet says, ah, the internet with its wise, wise ways. Oh, and I saw some gyms on my trips in California. That's a lot of Krav Maga gyms. Yeah, it's very popular in California. Less so now in New York with their little passport thingy. It's like insane, but anyways. Not a lot of gyms in Vancouver. I think it was you. My girlfriend suggested Richmond Martial Arts, yeah. if I remember correctly. Allen or someone? Yeah, Allen. Yeah. There's not many, many gyms in Metro Vancouver teaching Krav Maga. There's a few. As far as I'm aware, I'm the only one that is sustained for a significant time with, with a continuously large student base. There was one or two other, but they're not really what I would call Krav Maga anymore. For whatever reason, they do other things. Yeah, from the sound of what my girlfriend told me, she said she had to carry people on her back. Yeah, but that's not necessarily not Kramaga. That's just conditioning drills. Uh, yeah. Army it's, style it's, conditioning. It sounded more like conditioning than learning, I Technique. guess. Yeah, techniques and martial arts. It's a balance. But I didn't have a choice. That was the only school that was open on a Sunday. So. Lucky me. <laughs> and my girlfriends were working, so that was the school I went to. What have you... Do you still think it's the deadliest martial art in the world? No. Well, it could be. Um, it's definitely one of the most effective martial arts. It's based on principles and not just chopping blocks or, <laughs> I don't know, kick, kicking a, a tree, uh, the Muay Thai, where you kick the tree. Well, that's very effective if the tree is your head. <laughs> well, it's effective in a sense where you can get someone to defend themselves fairly quickly as compared to other martial arts where you have to learn for years and years in order to be you know, somewhat good at it. Yeah, learning curve is quicker. I mean, you can be decent at it in a couple of years. Mastery, though, is a lifetime. Uh, you uh, you got your yellow belt, what, a year or two ago? I, I can't think remember. it was before COVID. Right yeah. before COVID. Uh, right before COVID. Yeah, a year before. I think at least a year before. No, it wasn't. It was a few months before COVID. Oh, was it? I think I went, I went to China, actually. <laughs> Um, in October of 2019, I think I did the test after I came back. Yes, from, perhaps from that trip. Who knows if I got COVID on the trip? But you know, who knows? <laughs> who? Uh, how was that experience? It was different, I think. In China, it's still. I, I meant the test, but oh, you can oh, tell. Oh, let's oh, talk no. about China <laughs> since you're from there. Um, it still feels like not in the current world in some some parts of china it, it feels like another generation almost it, it's somewhat in in uh, how should i put this my grandma's living in a place i think it's probably like a hundred years old building hundred years old well yeah. i mean if you're living in europe you could be living in like 600 year old building or something or a yeah. thousand if you're buckingham palace or something like that yeah but you know Anyways, when we when I came back, I did the test. It was very, very difficult. <laughs> very difficult. Yeah, and my cardio was not very good. I don't think I trained cardio because I hated cardio. Yeah. I think it's, it's, I mean, it's not a waste of time, but I didn't want to lose my muscles. Yeah, well, I tell people, if you're in good and reasonable shape, then four to six-week prep 
will get you in physical enough shape that you the test should be pretty okay if you're not in physical shape then they're going to be very difficult even with four to six weeks but as i tell everyone the purpose is a me- it's just as much a mental test so even i've had like really fit people get like exhausted because it's a scalable right if future instructors are listening to this it's about making it hard for an individual so if someone is not an elite athlete, you don't treat them like they're in the military. But if someone's in the military, you treat them like worse. <laughs> they push people to their limits. Yeah, we had a really physical guy. I think he's in his 50s. Oh, yeah, that test, yeah. I think he did over 500 push-ups, sit-ups, and squats. What do we, what do, we do now? Uh, I don't know, do more. <laughs> We're not ready yet. What? Yeah, do more. So... Well, he's an interesting example of someone who just kept himself in shape his whole life. Really, that's what he did. Just kept himself in shape. You would not know his age. And he just made some young people look like nothing. All because he just keeps himself in shape. Yeah, definitely. Cardio. You have to do cardio. I didn't train for... I didn't train cardio for my yellow belt test because I just despised cardio for a few years. (laughs) Then, Then you were doing cardio for your upcoming orange belt test. Yeah, it makes it makes a huge difference, I think, um, especially running and doing hit hit style running. So, three minutes of sprinting and then three minutes either slow pace or just walk walking rest. Um, I'm able to breathe better in my sparring. I'm able to breathe pretty much and um, jujitsu sparring as well. Yeah, um, yeah I'm not gassed out. Like someone. Hey, well, you know, I can only run so much. My knees do not like running anymore. I've had, what, no, one surgery already, so it's a That's why you should build some muscles on your quads. I'll work on it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, originally you're from China. How was that growing up there back then? Uh, Well, I was very little, so I don't remember too, too much, but, you know, a lot of propaganda <laughs> a lot of propaganda uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if we should get too much into my Chinese history but we moved to Singapore when I was fairly young as well um, did a few years of school in Singapore a completely different type of country uh, in what way well um, I think it's a lot smaller and people were uh, they were from all over the place, I guess. It was like a big mesh of different type of Chinese cultures mostly, but there were Tamils and uh, Mal- uh, Malaysians. Uh, so the biggest population was Chinese, and there were some Caucasians as well. Yeah, a lot of people like, to, well, not a lot. Some people like to go there because it's a weird international city. It's a beautiful city. I used to hate it because. I just thought it was boring. There's no season. There's one season. It's just tropical. It's just tropical. But now I, I would love to move to a tropical island with no winter. Um, and then yeah. you moved to Canada what, in early high school? I can't remember. No, in elementary school. Elementary, yeah, elementary school. Elementary school. I moved to Richmond, actually, somewhere around you. How we didn't meet when I was younger, I still haven't figured out. Because we were in not the same crowds at one point, but... Similar we were never crowds. in the same. No, no, crowd. like not the same, but like similar types of crowds. Just we were probably in the same places at a few times, but never bumped into each other. 
or never notice you. Yeah, and then someone we mutually knew back then was like, wait, you got married to him? What the <laughs> hell? <laughs> that was pretty funny. It is from my school. Yeah. Life that happens. It's like, oh, why didn't I meet you sooner? Oh, yeah, well. basically three different, very different countries. I learned history from three different angles. <laughs> different perspectives. The different perspectives, yeah, from the war and whatnot. Which is interesting, but I was never interested in history until, until recent now. recent times. I'm always going off about history, and it's like I don't care about that stuff. And now, now she's looking into it. Well, it's relevant <laughs> because it does show human behavior. That there is a pattern that you can you can see from from history, which that part is important to learn. I used to not want to learn it because I think history is not going to repeat itself and it that's what they tell people it's not relevant well some of the smartest people in the world says that I don't agree with them the Noel Yuval Harari says that yeah uh, some other people their stance is that it can't literally repeat because that's not how time works and then they obsessively talk about that I've talked to historians too who say that and then, you know, get the odd person who says history rhymes, not repeats. And I'm like, well, you know, the actual literal sort of thing can't repeat, but humans don't evolve as quick as we like to pretend we do. And the behavioral things tend to repeat. And uh, you can try as you might to speed up human evolution, but we're not there yet. So yeah. things and behaviors seem to look pretty cyclical to me sometimes. I mean, I don't know how you can speed up human evolution. It takes eugenics. Babies. I mean, yes, you can, but we're still wired on... Which I am not for, I'm just saying that's how. <laughs> well, I don't know how far they are in that, which we would never find out. But, you know, as humans, we're still wired in the two systems. The two is, systems? Which is reward system and the fight or flight system. Fight or flight, which ties into self-defense. I talk a lot about fight or flight. And mechanism. hunting. <laughs> and hunting. Since, well, let's get into that. We were sitting on a mountaintop. Because we started hunting. Actually, the first year we started dating, we started hunting. So, sorry to all you vegans, we hunt. Um, and, you know, I remember when I was like, I want to get into hunting. I'd spent all this money on this equipment that I was ready to go, which half of it we didn't even need in BC, as it turns out. Um, got a truck, which we're in Wait. now, which is the most useful thing. And uh, I was like, I really want to go into hunting, but I don't have anyone to go. I think I can go by myself. She's like, I'll go. I'm like, really? You'll go? <laughs> so the biggest city girl. <laughs> yeah, from China to Singapore to Vancouver. A little bit of a bougie yeah. upbringing. <laughs> uh, I'll go hunting. It's like, what? Okay. So what uh, changed you that you thought, okay, I can do that? Well, that's one thing my mom taught me right, I think. Always try before you say you don't like it. <laughs> try before you buy. <laughs> well, others than that, I seek, I guess, I seek adrenaline and I seek dopamine. So, new things. Piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. And uh, has it been the last, what, four years? This is our fourth year hunting. Yeah. Well, third year, but this is our fourth time. Time. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Fourth time hunting. Well... I'm the researcher, so... <laughs> as she always is, researching. I'm the driver. Well, nowadays, as I find out, sometimes Google might not be the best place to research anymore because it's going to give you a result that it thinks you want to look for, but it doesn't give you everything. DuckDuckGo. Or, yeah, you could use DuckDuckGo, but, you know, be aware of what you find on the Internet. If you type in BC hunting or 
I mean, what does it give you? I don't actually look most of the It time. gives you a hunting forum. And then you go on there, and there's some old guys, I think, sharing their hunting spots. You go there, and you find out there's no more deer. Why is that? I think, well, if you according think... According to the forum yeah, of those guys. Well, according to the forum, there's too many hunters. Um, what I think, and also our, our hunting core uh, said, is human. Um, not the hunters, though. No, not, 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 yeah, not the hunters, but, you know, as humans build more roads, as there are more cars crossing those roads or driving on those roads, the animals are crossing the roads and they're getting hit, or they can't cross the road to, to go to a better habitat. Um, from, yeah. from the sounds of it, there seems like there were a lot, a lot more animals just five or six years ago. So yeah. I don't know what happened. De- well, they're developing all the highway systems in the areas that we go. I think if you go up northern BC, it's less, less developed. But where we hunt in more of the southern half of BC. Uh, there's yeah. also people who say the government's mismanaging the, the system here, the tag system. For me, the way I look at it is if you give me a tag, then I'm assuming you, the people managing this system, have done your job <laughs> and it's okay to hunt that thing. But a lot of people disagree with what the license, male, female, and this uh, buck, the age, like the elk population is dwindling in a lot of southern BC and people claim it's because of their, they, you should be able to shoot the young bucks, not the old bucks, the bulls, which is, you can only shoot a six point in most of BC, which is a fairly, you know, big bull. Uh, and some people say you shouldn't be able to do that. And the example, I believe there was one or two states in the, in the U.S. that said no more hunting the big bulls and no hunting the uh, cows at all, the females. And their elk population exploded because it was only the young bulls. Because I think there's an argument that you they're older, they've had their time to spread the genetics, and they want genetic diversity, and yet that doesn't seem to result in the same results like in the states where they say only kill the younger bull, bulls because the older ones are the smart ones that can survive every season and are more likely to be able to breed because they can survive versus the young ones who are stupid. Or they might not have the genetics that uh, well, that's fit for the, yeah, survival. Versus, yeah, so it's literally survival of the fittest yeah. and in BC they're not managing the population as if that is a kind of reality of the wildlife still. <laughs> Humans are animals too, like uh, the Bene Gesserit. Uh, or the Bene Gesserit are not animals. Well, we we haven't, I mean, looking at the animals, how different are we from, from them? Fight or flight. <laughs> from, from in that perspective, we're actually very similar. You know, when you see an animal, they, they look at you and then they, they decide. <laughs> what do I want to do? Yeah. The fine. white tail? What is that? Is that a thing? What is that? I, I don't like that thing. Run. The old deer. Is that a thing? Can I, can I lick that thing? Should I stand here longer and look at that thing? Oh, I don't care what that thing is. Uh, <laughs> and then it's done. We joke the reason why the mule deer population is dwindling is because they're stupid. Uh, a lot of or people, curious. Yeah, more curious is what they say, but I think they're stupid. But uh, another argument is the white-tailed deer are encroaching on their territory and they don't really mix too much i mean you'll see the same uh, too in similar areas but uh, they don't like stand next to each other and be like hi how are you <laughs> dear how are you dear racism is a thing okay uh, we don't want to get into a political correctness no, it's, not, with the, it's with a the joke <laughs> it's a joke 
but you have to identify them. Uh, you know, be good at identifying the deers because you don't want to shoot the wrong deer. Yeah, don't misidentify your target. I teach in the uh, firearms course. If you don't know, if you're not sure, don't shoot. Like the other day, we didn't know if something was a buck or not, and it was a buck. But by the time I was like, okay, it's a buck, it's too late. It's too late in the red. And that's the appropriate thing to do. Is okay. <laughs> think that's a buck is that not a buck i can't tell is that a buck i have to wait until i know it's a buck then some people allegedly that you know know, will be like (laughs) go (laughs) no do not do that that's what we're saying is you know i do teach a firearms course i don't think it's good enough as a course there should be a live fire component uh even core and the hunting the hunting is more difficult i don't teach that one yet but it's more difficult because you go through conservation, you go through the rules, the laws, you go through uh, animal identification, which is actually difficult because they use these garbage pictures. I, I did an online version, which made it hard. And when we first went out hunting, I was like, I cannot tell the difference between yep. a white tail and uh, a mule deer. That course does not teach you. Well, it does teach you, yeah, but, but those pictures really. are, I think they were drawn. Drawn pictures. It's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> update to the 21st century, guys. <laughs> Some real photos of the animals. Now I'm like, mule deer. Yeah. If you see a white ass, mm. it's a mule deer. If you can, it's a brown <laughs> ass, it's more likely a white tail. Although I was looking at an Instagram thing where it's a guy shot a hybrid because oh, they yeah, do Yeah, there make. are some, some hybrids. And you're, in the state in the U.S. where he shot it, it was illegal because it was mule hunting only and it was considered a whitetail but he identified it as a mule deer but i don't really know how because our antlers are distinct and oh, yeah, yeah. It, it did not have a white ass it was more <laughs> of a whitetail looking deer even though it was a hybrid he's like oh it's got a dark hide because the white tails but, have lighter hides. But that could also be just variation in the oh, I winter I think he just colors. saw antlers and shot it. <laughs> and then he got in trouble because he wasn't supposed to. Although that one would be hard to tell, I think. Although it definitely looked more like a white tail in the picture than it did uh, did uh, mule deer. Yeah, mainly you see their, their backside. I mean, you see their tail. The... If they're running away and it's waving at you yep. obnoxiously, it's a white <laughs> uh, tail. With a white tail. With a white tail. you next It's more skittish. The white tails are way more skittish. I think they they just they just run. Uh, especially the male, the, the bucks. The the does, not so much. Well, a lot of times they stand there because if, if it's a mama with her young, she'll stand purposely protect. to yeah. protect the kids yeah. while they cross or leave or whatever now the what, the first year we went hunting we got totally totally lucky we had no idea where to look <laughs> google map we used google maps we didn't even have a backcountry map so rule number one must must have a backcountry map yeah. uh, or else you might get or a guide yeah. but those are really expensive those are not if, if you're hunting for meat that's not worth it. It's not it. viable. Yeah. Six to ten <laughs> to twenty grand for guides. For for a deer, that's yeah, uh, which is not great. But the first year we got lucky because this uh, mule deer was chasing a doe, and then panicked and stopped and just looked at us. I was like, oh, that's a buck. Go. Uh, second year we didn't get anything. Uh, third year we got something we just got, at the end we got small gains and, and then your friend called you yeah. the, the grouse yeah grouse, grouse king <laughs> the mountain turkey 
No, no, that's not chicken. Mountain chicken. Mountain yeah. chicken. They're like fat pigeons or small chickens. They taste like chicken. They taste. Everything tastes like chicken. Yeah. This year we were much better because we knew we have an area that we go. We're not telling you that we know very well and we know where the animals are. We even saw elk herd, just not enough to... Uh, no, we saw elk every year. Yeah, we see elk every year, but no, we didn't see... Well, last year we went outside of elk season and we found two different herds, but they tend to... The herds, during the rut, which is when they're mating, they separate each other. They disappear. And then after it, all the elk gather together. So we found, like, the, the herds that had gathered together. This year we actually found, just at the tail end, uh, a bull elk, not... Big enough, though, unfortunately, to shoot with uh, six or seven females because it has a harem. <laughs> and I heard them clop away like, oh, is that the person? <laughs> Run. Clop, 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 clop. They're so fast. Oh, the they, elk are smart. They, they don't even hesitate. They're Not like the mule deer. <laughs> the mule deer, they'll just stand right beside your car yeah. and they don't even move. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's something people don't talk about hunting. I think people are ashamed because of the public image of it is the road hunting. Uh, where you drive around the logging. So most of British Columbia is crown land, meaning you can legally hunt on it. As, as long as it doesn't say uh, private property or no hunting or no shooting, there's a good, and it's not in a municipal city limits, there's a good chance you can hunt on it. And uh, the ac- BC is thick, dense forest wilderness, mountainous. It is hard difficult terrain so when you watch a show like meat eater with like steven ranella which is one of the reasons i got into hunting watching his stuff um he's in these kind of loosely covered areas with trees you know rolling hills you can walk you can walk you can spot what's called spotting stock where you sit on a hillside and glass with a with with your binoculars Uh, telescope monoscope yeah and then you can sort of see where they go and you can send a hunter to sort of root them out. It's really difficult to do that in BC. So the way you access stuff in BC is the logging trails all over the place. And there's clear-cut patches periodically, which is often where you find deer. Now you can sit at the top of a clear-cut and in glass, but you don't even know if there's deer in that area. So you really need to know an area. So another way people hunt in BC is you road hunt. You drive around the logging roads in areas where you kind of know where there are deer. And if you see movement, you stop, get out of your vehicle, identify it. Or you can identify in the vehicle. And then you load your, your firearm outside. Now, other people, you're watching this video of this young guy. He knows the area where he hunts so well. He'll hike in five kilometers, sit there. and But he spent all year studying the region. so he Or his whole life. Yeah, his whole life. So it's... If you're a new hunter or you go way outside your region, like we're in Metro Vancouver, which is region two, there's too much people. You can't. There's no animals. There's either no animals or it's private property or it's no shooting or no hunting. You got to go way out into other regions like the Kootenays or uh, Okanagan. We haven't done up north yet, but I suspect that that's still okay up there because there's not that many people up there. First year we went hunting, we were near around Kamloops area because yeah. my parents actually live in Kamloops very conveniently. Conveniently. <laughs> it's a pit stop. Yeah. So we didn't have to get most of our hunting gears actually the first year. I just bought a pair of 511s and wore my winter clothes and there we went. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. Under Armour. 
the best uh, for the underlayer. You must get the the 4.0 and 3.0. The 4.0 if you can. Um, yeah, but. if you're gonna sit outside in glass in BC, you need that. And then 5.11 pants. I wear them all the time anyway. I just have I have my green hunting pairs. And then my gray ones I wear normally every day all the time, Bill Gates style or, or Bill Gates. Or, or do you really want to be Bill Gates? No, I don't want to be that jackass. <laughs> but uh, it's a intelligent thing where you just kick the same clothes every day so that you don't have to think about it. Einstein apparently, yes. all these people, well, Steve Jobs. It takes away energy from thinking of what to wear. If you need to use your brain to think about how to make something so. You know, like Einstein. World changing. Yeah, and if you're not, then I don't know. <laughs> I'm changing the world one student at a time. <laughs> but you're not making a bomb that could destroy a whole planet. So as a city girl, well, I should say for myself, uh, I grew up as a city boy. Didn't hunt, didn't shoot. My parents are the anti-out, not anti-outdoor people. They just don't do it. Um, and then I wanted to do it. So uh, my stance with guns changed radically when I went to the army and I didn't fear them anymore and then hunting I always thought was gross and then the first year I'm like watched one video how to gut a deer and then gut a deer oh I had no idea I, I it took us too long I though. couldn't even watch the video and then I'm doing the actual deer she's like oh yeah, yeah I'm gonna help I was like but you didn't watch a video it's like <laughs> well I'm here so dive in but how have your opinions changed of hunting and all and firearms and all this stuff over the years? I mean, I was a little biased because you listen to me all the time. But <laughs> I know lots of guys whose wives are like, I don't want to hear about it. I'm not interested. Uh, actually, I, I met a guy at the shooting range the other day that was like that. I guess I never really rejected firearms. I never thought they were good or bad. They were just kind of a tool. A tool. And hunting, I never thought I would ever go hunting that's never crossed my mind <laughs> i didn't listen to joe rogan i did not watch meat eater but i guess at the time i had a lot of health issues and i was doing process of elimination and trying to figure out what was wrong or how to fix my body because our medical system obviously failed me john pointed her in the right direction to listen to podcasts and uh, ben greenfield one of the biohackers i was listening to and Joe Rogan, they kept raving about, you know, all these free-range meat. <laughs> and one of the reasons, I guess, I started was because I wanted free-range meat. It's the healthiest, free you can get. <laughs> healthiest meat you can get. Um, first year we went hunting, we just had no idea what we were doing. And now, I guess, we have a little bit of an idea of yeah. where to find a deer and whatnot. Well, we know where to look. Yeah. Gutting the deer was definitely very... Still gross. Very gross. Um, it's getting less gross now, though, after gutting a few deers yeah. <laughs> over the years. But, you know, you get it kind of desensitized, almost like a doctor, you know, if you practice on enough you know, people. You yeah, sharp knife. knife. You need a sharp knife. If yeah. you don't and it's cold out, it's going to be a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. And we asked our friend, like, how to do it. Not the best guy to ask hunting advice, though. He does show us some good areas. But it's like you have to plug the butthole and pull the butthole out. You didn't know that? No, I didn't do the research. I'm just like, let's go hunting, guys. I knew how to shoot. That's the important part. <laughs> Woo. 
you should watch some some like uh, field dressing videos of how to do it. If the deer is too heavy, if you're too far away from your yeah, car, you want to. Uh, I did watch one of a bear the other day. Because oh. you can you can black bear hunt in British Columbia. No more grizzly hunts because the uh, left wing loonies in BC capital are like it's mean and yet I'm, I'm pretty sure they still have to call x amount of grizzlies every year so we have a problem like there's, there's a problem yeah, up north there's a problem with grizzly bears yeah another another reason why i guess these prey animals are declining in population is because there could be wolves there could be too many grizzlies there could be predators that uh, predators kill indiscriminately and yeah. do not care and will wipe out populations for all they care and big bears don't, or grizzlies don't care at all. Cougars don't care at all. Well, for me, I almost, I feel like the meat is almost like sacred. Like it died <laughs> to feed me. So we, yeah, traditionally, <laughs> so we actually take all the parts as much as we can, I guess, even the bones. Um, soup. Yeah, to make soup. So all the parts of the animals. Eat the heart and liver. Yeah. A lot of people don't, but they should, especially the liver. It's super good for you. I think people do. It depends. Like, it depends what you grow up because a lot of hunters will not eat organ meat because oh. they grew up like it's bad, it's bad, it's bad. And then uh, I got used to, I mean, you eat chicken hearts anyway. So the hearts of, if you're, if you're, uh, what's it, if you're Link from Zelda, eating the hearts of your enemies, <laughs> chicken hearts. Uh, so I got used to eating that. But I grew up with liver because it's an Eastern European thing. Mm-hmm. And, and Jewish, a lot of people eat some liver. So not all the time. Doesn't seem like a thing your family would eat. No, no. My parents, no. But my family at the time, the older generation, is not with us anymore. They would. So whenever there was a family gathering, we would eat it. What kind of liver? Probably cow or sheep. It must have been. It wouldn't be pork because Jewish thing. Uh, But yeah, it's interesting. Like uh, now we're more one at nature. We like going away from all you crazy people. And another thing I really love about going hunting is, is actually, well, kind, kind of meditation, um, cutting off the stimulus, which ties back to the fight or flight mechanism that we still have as humans, that we live a highly stressful life in the cities nowadays, whether you're stuck in traffic or your angry boss or customer, whatever it is, or angry girlfriend girlfriend angry <laughs> or, girlfriend or, or crazy wife <laughs> yep <laughs> uh, whatever it is you might be running hot as john would put it and you need to cool that down um a lot of times when you meditate you still can't you you can't cut off the stimulus completely whatever it is if you're out in the nature you're forced to not have reception sometimes and you you can't check your phone for that dopamine hit for that message to pop up or that that message that stresses you out you just can't you don't have it for a few days i think after one or two days like your nervous system actually can reset itself yeah it takes about two days well you know i'm finally at the point four years later where i'm like i don't care if i'm missing messages like yeah when we go back into reception i'll check it but i'm like I don't really care. I put a away message. People can read it or not read it. It's like a... Yeah. At first, I was, you know, scared of not being able to see my messages because, you know, sometimes for work, I'm working 
24-7, not 24-7, but, you know, into the late hours. It's like used to work more, and then all of a sudden, like, someone was like, you need to calm down and take a break. And Well, it's important to live a balanced life because we don't realize how much stress we're in. And it's like these animals, they're not, like, they're feeding, they're fine, and then you drive by, and then they stress out, or if you shoot them, obviously. You... They don't really know what happens. Yeah. But if they don't, like, you can, you can taste, like, if you, you don't, they don't die right away, you can, you can see their, their fascia layer gets cramped up, right? oh, yeah. which you can also... Real mortis. Uh, yeah, but the, the, the fascia actually tenses up when it stresses out. Yeah. But if it doesn't, if you had a good shot, it doesn't actually feel it. Soft. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah learn to shoot. If you don't know how to shoot, then hunting is unethical. Yeah. You should be able to shoot yeah. and you need to know what distances you can shoot at comfortably and safely. Like I was a trained sniper in the army many, many years ago, but I'm out of practice and I don't know my rifles at, like I used to. So I don't like shooting very far because I don't have the time practicing. How far did you have to shoot in the army? Oh, well, depending on the rifle, we were, I was trained on two different ones. Uh, M24 about 800 meters. Oh, they said 800 meters was the operational, but we could do like a kilometer. Oh. And then with our other one, that uh, the 338 Lupulo Magnum, uh, we were like headshotting at like 13, 12, 1300 meters, but that's that's how far wow. our range was. Like, so we didn't know how far we could actually shoot with that thing. Um, that's far. Yeah, but I can't do that now because back then they gave us the exact calculations of ballistics for every gun that they had. You knew exactly how many uh, clicks up and down for distance, and you knew exactly the calculations for each uh, firearm and how to do it. I don't know that with my rifles. Uh, one, because the ranges here are only uh, 100 meters, so I can't actually trial and error. Also, when you're not paying for ammunition, who cares if you shoot 10,000 <laughs> rounds in like six weeks? Nobody cares. <laughs> But when they're shooting like a dollar around, it's like I don't have that kind of money, so I I don't have the ability at the moment to put in the time to get back to where I was, uh, because it's expensive, and I would have to find a safe place out in the wild that is you know five six hundred meters, which is hard to find. Actually, up here we probably could up in this mountain range because nobody's really but then that we're so high up it would affect the ballistics and we normally yeah. don't find animals this high up we were reading sometimes in this area where we are now the, the big bucks come up high so we're just checking it out but we haven't seen anything yet because we, we saw some some yeah. signs but we already got some deer this year but we are we want to try to max out our tags as much as we can because uh, hunting season is limited and november is cold as we found out last year <laughs> and it's really hard actually it's not easy to find animals in november yeah unless you hike and you have to go on foot pretty yeah. much we like a lot of people hunt early september because that's the big bucks aren't completely spooked yet but we come out in october because the regions are you, you have more ability to hunt more animals so you're maximizing if efficiency. you can find them if you can find them. Like, we had Weird. one year where we basically didn't see nothing. And we know they're there, but we couldn't see anything. Because uh, there was a forest fire a few months earlier. And then I think everything was just spooked up into the mountains where yeah. you couldn't get. Yeah, we saw some, but it was definitely less than we would, we would normally see. That's why you need to study your, the area. Even if 
an area was good last year, it doesn't mean that it's it's good this year. Sometimes they move around um, the range. We're still trying to learn how the animals move and what kind of habitat they like the most. But mainly you, you find some water source, you find a meadow, you find a bedding area with tree covering. And they might be there, but, you know. <laughs> they might not be there. I was watching a mediator with Renella went up into Alaska with a guide who's been there like 30, 40 years, his whole life. Nothing. And they were saying you could be up in the region you know are animals, you could be up with a guy who knows what he's doing, and just it's a bad week where they don't want to come out to play. Mm-hmm. Or and they moved around for whatever reason, around, there's a yeah. predator or there is a fire. There's lots of forest fires in BC, I hope. What would you say to someone now that's like, why would you hunt? It's so unethical. I think it's more brutal to die with a predator. Mount Maya rips off your face. Uh, like I don't even want to imagine how that would how that Eating would alive. feel. Yeah, I think it's just the circle of life. You know, there's life and death. It's it's it's, it's it might get killed by a car. It might most likely they get killed by cars. Yeah, <laughs> more likely than a yeah. hunter. And actually, it's wasted. You know, when you when an animal die, I feel like it it shouldn't just be wasted. Yeah. You can't eat roadkill in BC. Uh, there are states in the U.S. where if you hit it, and I suppose their logic is because they don't want people intentionally hitting the deer with the car. But I mean, I think only a crazy person would do that. I'm sure there are people, but it's like it's pretty difficult to purposely hit a deer with your car. I mean, what is the difference between a farmed cow getting killed for for you to eat and a free range deer? Been... For the meat-eating purpose, I don't yeah. personally see a difference. But some people would be like, oh, well, you just shouldn't eat meat, it's cruel. And I'm like, I don't... If people are just shooting it for fun, I don't know. Yeah, but don't if you're that. shooting it for... It's the circle of life. Because uh, I have you know, I have a lot of friends who are vegan or people that I know and respect that are vegan, but I just don't come to the same ethical conclusion that they are because I look around the world and this is life. This This fear of death and fear of reality, I think... It's fight or flight. It's just, it is what it is, as long as you don't abuse it. And then they'll say, well, what if an alien came and hunted you? Well, we have the ability <laughs> to fight back. If the deer's shooting back at me with a gun, I'm going to think twice about it. It's which not, is, though. Which is actually, that that that's what I changed about my view about firearms. And then that motherfucking the, the, deer is going to die. <laughs> the, the balance of power is the firearms. If you have a firearm. You can, you know, fight something that is bigger and scarier. Yeah, I just wrote that series that you probably didn't even read, but I think I wrote it. I I don't think I want to see more of of what you talk every day. (laughs) Yeah, basically. Well, I was talking about one of the earliest inventions of humans was the ability to use rocks to throw. Range. Yeah, it's the ability to attack larger predators at range. And that was one of the most important discoveries that our ancestors, like I'm talking hundreds of thousands of years ago, like Lucy days. If you don't know Lucy, it was one of the first like... Cavemen? Not cavemen, but like early hominids that was our ancestor. But why is he called Lucy? Because it was a girl named Lucy. Oh, she. She. And uh, I don't think it was a don't think Lucy is a homo sapien, but something before that. Hmm. But they noticed the difference in the design of the body of Lucy. This is from a, a, a 
uh, I was reading a book, uh, The Social Leap, William von Zippel, um, that the, all of a sudden it's the first skeleton they found that had the range of motion capable of throwing. So our, even today, chimpanzees, gorillas can't throw. They still can? They still can't throw. They don't have the ability to rotate their shoulder in a way. So that, that was a mutation. It was a mutation. Someone probably figured out... I can drop a rock. It probably started with dropping a rock, and then it turned into just constant throwing a rock. Dropping the rock is my speculation. <laughs> so attacking from afar, and then then we came up with, I believe, spears and then bow and arrow. So like throwing and poking spears and then bows and arrows. And it's actually quite ancient, all those technologies. Bows and arrows, I think, are like 40,000 years ago, oh. they think, or something. I'm probably screwing that up. So we did learn that the... the Ability to attack from afar now had the ability to mitigate strength. So if alpha male jackass over there is a piece of shit, he can uh, maneuver around the rest of us easily on one-on-one battles. Well, either we can use tools to attack them from afar or we can gang up on them. And then we use the tactics of ganging up and also attacking from afar, which now gave turned us into the apex predator. Which probably is deep rooted in our genetics, in our At this DNA. Point, yeah, yeah in group, out group as well. It's a very dangerous psychological phenomenon. But I want to say, getting back to like this, the mental health thing, like you were saying, just running hot and coming out here, and it's like calmed you down. And me, just yeah. getting away. Well, in the first year, we didn't actually do camping. And then second year, we kind of cheated. We went, we went camping for a day or two. It was so cold. <laughs> well, yeah, we had a tent. The first year, we had a tent. And I'm fine with that. And then someone was not. I have frostbite on my face. It wasn't frostbite. Oh, it was almost frostbite. No, it was not frostbite. <clears throat> Anyways, our friend has an uncle up where we were. So we ended up going there. And then we kind of cheated. And then last year, we got a canopy on my truck so that we could sleep in the bed of the truck. We were debating, do we get a roof tent? And I was like, no, I want a canopy because I want to be able to move stuff in the rain in Vancouver and also make it practical. And then we built some drawers and a raised bed that's permanent. Like, so that's why when I say I can, uh, whenever I can hop in my truck for the apocalypse and just bail, or well, we have like two weeks of like just canned food or whatever in the truck so that we could survive for about two weeks if we needed to. And then I got upgraded my canopy this year because it wasn't available as much, no, we, much we, bu- we bought We bought it and they were, they, were, they were actually a good place where they lent us, lent us one, uh, an aluminum one. Which was not great because it yeah. was minus 17. Yeah. <laughs> one time when we were sleeping in that, it was freezing cold. Yeah. The mental health thing, once you're out here in the wilderness, you realize, like, it's not that important. Other things are actually not not as important as you think it is. Stay warm. This year's discovery? What was this year's discovery? Sleeping bags? No, it was the the s'mores. Oh, no, we did that last year. No, but to make it properly oh, without breaking this morning. I had to remember from childhood how to do this when you haven't done it long. The, how to make a good s'more. I finally figured it out again. Oh. Uh, the, but the, putting the two sleeping bags together, so much oh, better and that. to connect. We, like, I have a minus 40 sleeping bag. You can't even find them anymore. 
I don't know why. And then they're both mummy's sleeping bags, but we figured out you can connect them together. So it's actually such more, more uh, nicer now because you get the combined body heat and you have space to spread your legs. <laughs> like it's Instead nice. of getting confined in the mummy kind of, yeah. you know, you, could, you couldn't move your, your feet your, or your legs because they were so tight yeah. in the sleeping bag. But um, I, I know for me, though, coming out, Actually, the first realization was before this was when I did the camp my way. It's the first time I really just went out for a few days in the wilderness with no reception in a long time. Because I don't, other than the army, but that's kind of a different experience in a different country. And it's like just getting away. And that's where I started realizing that we're, and then looking at research, it's like we are overstimulated, period, as yeah. a species. And people need to learn to disconnect and put it away. Yeah. Like the, the the gadgets, your your phones, your messages, yeah. um, the notifications, turn them off, uh, or even Netflix, right? Your 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 mind is constantly stimulated, and once you're in the wilderness, it gets dark at like six or seven. There's nothing you can do. You can't go on the internet. You can't go look up something on Google. <laughs> you don't have someone to talk to on Facebook, yeah. and it forces you to just relax. And then you can sleep every time we go camp and go back home. We can I can sleep at eight or nine o'clock, and my entire yeah my entire life, I've not been able to sleep before like two o'clock in the morning before this. Boom! Problem solved. <laughs> A little bit of get away from the stimulus. The I was like thinking like because if we're, like when we have a family, it's like the Jewish tradition of Shabbat, which traditionally is. Uh, starts Friday sundown through Saturday sundown is that you don't use technology and you just rest. It's like a forced rest day. And I was like, oh, that actually, there's a lot of merit to that. <laughs> now, even back in the day, they didn't have the extreme stimulus. They just had probably harder work lives. Agrarian work lives is, is a hard way to live. And uh, it just forces you, you got to rest. Otherwise, you're going to burn out. And I was like, oh, that's actually a really valuable lesson to learn that you need that forced rest weekly at least and minimum nowadays i would say with all the stimulus that we have yeah yeah the rustling is i'm using the lapel mics because i don't have room in the truck for the big big setup but yeah it's like you need to do that with your family like all you people i'm sorry and i know you can say like oh you don't have kids yet john it's like you stop giving the cell phone to your kid to babysit them all the time stop it I was at, we were at a restaurant, and there was, like, a baby. <laughs> I don't know. It must have been, like, eight months old or nine months old. And it was in a cradle still. And it had a cell phone, and it knew what it was doing. And I was just both impressed and shocked. <laughs> like, well, I'm impressed that kid can do that. But what the fuck? Like, Jesus Christ. And, well, a lot of times the parents need some time for themselves. Yeah. Well, it's called... Oh, if the kid's obviously not old enough to leave by himself. But it's like people need to learn to be okay with quiet. Like what happened to timeouts? Do, like, do people not do timeouts anymore? Or have their own uh, exploration time. You know, have them figure things out. Go in the backyard and play. Leave me alone. Roll, I don't want it. Too roll bad. Roll some dirt. <laughs> Go roll in some dirt. I rolled in some dirt when I was a kid. Never ate it. Really? No, you didn't. Just go outside and play outside. Oh. Uh, not as much as other kids, because I was mostly doing my own thing. Well, my mother would be like, "That's so dirty. There's all those germs," and she wouldn't, she wouldn't let let us do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, 
Look how you turned out rolling in the dirt now. <laughs> I can't believe how much dirt I'm, I'm okay and with blood now. And guts. Yeah, I remember we used to wear gloves, and I now we're gloves. just not wearing, you know, even, unless we're touching, if you're touching, like, poop. Like, yeah, if you're wear. touching poop because you screwed <laughs> up or something. Yeah, <laughs> gloves. But I, well, I don't want to cut myself. I'm more likely to cut myself with the gloves because I can't A feel. Slip. Well, I, I can't feel, so I'm more likely to slip. And then I don't know what I'm cutting. And if you if I am not paying attention, and then I cut the tenderloin. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Wrecked the best piece of meat. Yeah. Because I can't see it. Yeah. Hunting, you know, if you get something, you get something. Then I think the best, the most important benefit is just getting out in nature, um, away from away from all the stimulus. Calm down your, your nervous system. Well, for me, specifically, my amygdala, you know. If you had, you know, trauma in the past and whatnot. Um, it's like I, we we went camping once, uh, not during hunting season. It's actually the first time we realized it actually was hunting season. You could get black bear. And, uh, you know, actually, to be fair, I was like, I don't want to hunt carnivores. It doesn't make sense. Like, uh, But then I learned, actually, well, the meat is very tasty. Yes, you can eat it. Uh, you just have to make sure you cook it properly. So it's like, okay. Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis. <clears throat> not tuberculosis. Uh, tuberculosis? No, that's a lung thing. Uh, trigonosis. Oh, trigonosis. Which Tuber- is a parasite uh, thing. The other one's for uh, the deer thing, if yeah. you see it. You, you might no, see it. No, it's chronic wasting. Just there, there is tuberculosis yeah. in some of the animals. I forgot which ones. We haven't seen it in this yeah. area. Yeah, check the lungs for white spots. Yeah. No, we got healthy, healthy ones this year. Sorry, what was I saying before? Uh, that? The bear. You said you wouldn't hunt the bear, uh, carnivores. Oh, and then you just learn about it. And you're like, oh, you actually can. And then you realize, I think I was talking about something else, but whatever. And then the no, stigma. The, the bear and uh, the meat. Yeah. And then the stigmas we have about what we eat and why we eat it. And, and then you learn things like, well, apparently lobster used to be a poor man's food. And it was very affordable and cheap. And then some U.S. president liked lobster. And so it, the elites made some fancy expensive food. Not in Asia. We we eat everything. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's like these ideas we have about food and what you can and cannot eat and how much of it was influenced by big industry or by pop culture and then we believe things about meat and food that are simply false. Uh, or Disney. Or Disney, the, uh, the Bambi personification and the, and the bear. of the animals. Bear? Yogi bear? No, that's a different bear. <laughs> Pooh bear? No, that's not Disney. That's I guess that's the, Disney now. I think it's Disney. Uh, we need a poo. Yeah, we need a poo. Oh, it's cute. Well, bears are cute, but they can also fucking rip your face off. So there is that. Uh, we actually have never seen a grizzly in the wild, but not that I really care oh. to. Uh, We've yeah. seen black bear. I was actually really scared of grizzlies and wolves. But if a bear gets us. Yeah. The first time we actually went out camping, I was over overly prepared. Got solar chargers. We vacuum sealed all the batteries, everything. <laughs> well, that's my army. Like, get ready. Make sure you have absolutely everything. So you... Dry bags. Dry bags. for everything. Um, yeah. But you were scared of the bears, and now you're like, eh, black bears aren't oh, so Oh, you don't scary. even see them. You don't even see animals. If you actually come out in the wilderness, you'll see, you barely will see anything. And uh, if you do. If you do, it's luck, or you're startled, yeah. or you something like that. Only time you have to worry is if you get in between a cougar or bear and their cubs. Yeah. Then you have to have a little bit of a problem, but that's only in the spring. Yeah, always carry a bear spray, though. If you're yeah. out in the world, yeah. Just in case. Though some people are not as fast. 
we heard our friend who was it their His, aunt or uncle, their friend someone no our friend's uh sister-in-law's dad or something they fought off a grizzly with a cane yeah she's like but they a, needed surgery yeah, yeah their faces were messed up yeah if you can't get them off you really quick then you're in trouble and you're still in trouble the grizzlies you don't want to mess with but people are like terrified of the black bears. They usually just look at you and run away. The black bears. They're, they're small, actually. They're scared of you. They're like fat humans, fat, <laughs> fat, fat, and free humans. Like basically. I would think they wouldn't care so much, but they're actually scared well, of you. Sometimes, humans. like if they're curious, I've seen videos of black bears. Or if they live in national, uh, national provincial parks, yeah, parks or you know can't hunt them there so they learn not to care like if you go up to like Banff you all the oh, animals all the don't big give a elks shit. and, and moose <laughs> yeah and they don't even kiss like they, all of them know like, I'm gonna go to this park where I can't get touched or you go to a town where there's yeah I found that everywhere. shocking we were driving through the southern BC last year and just the amount of deer just chilling in the city and I'm just like they should not let them chill in the city nobody seems to care that they're there you need to chase these animals out they don't belong here because they're not going to be able to survive in the wild and they're going to be a nuisance and then inevitably you're going to have to get rid of them when they become a problem. Usually because people keep hitting them accidentally driving in the cars. And they were huge too yeah. in those towns. Like I think that's one of the problems is they're not chasing them out of the towns because, uh, oh, they're cute, look at them, they don't belong here. And then they get the people who are like, well, you don't belong here. It's like, eh, <laughs> well, that's kind of a silly argument to make now. So they do not belong here. See, dear racism. <laughs> we don't like your kind here. Actually, they're not racist. Speciesism. Yeah. They're not racist to the deer. They're more racist to the humans. <laughs> How could you like, not like this in the town? Because they're not, not going to be able to survive. No, it's like people don't understand how animals, they've lost connection with the nature. In the nature. Wild. Yeah. The and there's, I remember I was saying, I saw some propaganda piece in one of the news. If you like to go out in nature and meditate, and hunt, you're probably a white supremacist. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about, you crackheads? It's like, I don't understand that shit. It's so messed up. I mean... The, uh, all these the, rich people do nature retreats all the time. <laughs> well, they go in the middle of nowhere. With, they're not hunting. 10000 No, yeah. nature retreats, $10,000 yeah. a person... You know, one month long nature yeah. retreats. When you don't, people who don't need to actually work <laughs> and can take a month off and pay that kind of money. Oh, I would totally do a full hunting season. Start in September and max out all your tags, and then you stop. If That'd be a great, great, great <laughs> few months. Yeah, well, because uh, BC's huge, so driving around, you actually have to use a lot of gas. Even in this part we're in right now, like, you can't even, ex I don't even think you can explore with one tank of gas. No. Not even one side of the mountain. It's a big lake that's like 50 kilometers long. And while there are places, like in a, in a huge emergency, there's the logging people around. You could probably coax also, them Also, be careful of the logging trucks because yeah. if they can't stop in time. Yeah, we heard a story of that. Yeah. Yeah, you're supposed to have a radio. Most of us don't. Um and you just have to realize that if a fully loaded logging truck is coming full speed at you, you get out of the way. They do not get out of the way. They can't stop. And someone told us that a guy got smoked with his truck and his camper, camper got just mauled because the guy couldn't stop. Uh, so you always, you know, that's why full-size vehicles are... Is that the wind or is that a plane? Plane. 
I think that's the plan. Yeah, we're literally at the top of a mountain looking into a massive valley. It took us three hours or so to get up here, just driving up the logging road. But it's fun. You can see the whole valley. It's some white peak mountains. You feel like you're in the clouds. Yeah, we're above the lower cloud line, but below mm. the higher cloud line still. Oh, there was a whole valley with covered in mist before. Well, it seems like the weather is getting nicer, so maybe the animals will come out to play. Yeah, they like... What was the consistent thing that we wish we knew is that you follow the weather. Right before the weather is about to shift bad, the day or the morning of, they'll come out. Yeah, pretty If the weather is consistently the same, then it's hit or miss. But if it's like, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow, then they'll come out the day before. It's going to snow tomorrow, then they'll come out the day before to dance in the meadows. Or maybe just in case it gets too cold or rainy, they want to get food. Who knows? <laughs> the psyche of the prey. The... <laughs> it's pretty simple. Survive and water and food. So what's the next thing you want to learn after we've mastered hunting? Martial arts, well, hunting. I, I don't know if we're going to master this <laughs> anytime soon. So it's still, still very, very interesting um, to, to figure out how, how, this, how this hunting thing works. Other than that, I guess, raising a child. That's, That's the, the next, next great thing. adventure. 20-year <laughs> commitment at least. And then after a real shithead, you're just like, you go figure it out on your own now. <laughs> we'll see. Teach them, uh, there was a saying, bring your boy to hunt and uh, you don't ever have to hunt for them. So teach them, teach them. Well, teach them, teach them. If you give a man a fish, they eat for a day. Teach them to fish, they eat for life. Similar concept. Yeah. Give them skills early to survive and things will be much easier for them. If they're reliant (laughs) on your caring attitude, then your kid is going to (laughs) be fucked up. You know, I think you're thinking about it. Not to throw anyone under the bus, but I feel like a lot of my social anxiety comes for the fact that I didn't have to learn how to do things. Yeah, Interact with other don't, people. Don't do it for your children. Well, don't constantly do it for them. Obviously, if it's dangerous, then you have to. Yeah, if it's a baby, you have to kind of do things, but you can't just leave it. Just, you chew the meat yourself, baby. Go. <laughs> Apparently, there is some merit to that. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but once they have teeth, they, yeah, that thing, mewing or something? No, it's a, it's a modern-day problem where we have to wear braces because our, our jaw is not developed properly. And Brett Weinstein was on Joe Rogan talking about, I think his friend or someone he knew. Something mew. Or yeah. some, his name is Mew in it or Peter something. Peter Mew or something. He basically figured out that you had to chew harder stuff. when Earlier they, on. Earlier on. No even, even Even be- before they developed teeth. And that allowed the kids or to develop uh, bigger, bigger jaws. And they don't have to pull out their wisdom tooth or their teeth are more straight, etc. Yeah, because I, I guess as... Your bones are developing. If you have stronger muscle, you need bigger bone to retain mm. the muscle. I would suppose that's how and it works. Modern day baby food is all mushed up for, I don't know, until you're like a year or two years old, probably. Yeah, what were you reading? Like eight months is when you should start thinking about harder food or something? I forgot. It's but... like earlier than you would expect. Yeah. It's like, uh, I think it was eight or nine months, give or take. It's not a perfect science. Start introducing them to solid or solid-like foods, and then 
can develop their jaws. Obviously, things they won't choke on. I don't, I don't even know what that would be, though. We'll have to look no, into no nuts, no nothing. Yeah, no nothing they can choke on. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Hard, by harder, they mean not much, just like some texture and then some uh, other stuff. So. Yeah. Lots of things, though. Lots of things I'm interested in. I want to learn, I guess, video editing. Yeah, Um, we started a YouTube channel, but I'm like, I can't. It's so much work. I have other things I need to do. uh, So if we both can video edit, then it's a lot quicker. And maybe, yeah, e-commerce and some other things. What about you? What do you want to learn next? I want to continue mastering. I can't do any more things. You know that. (laughs) Just continue trying to develop. Well, I want to work towards my black belt in jiu-jitsu, which I w- would have been much closer to COVID grew everything up, but whatever. Uh, that's my main thing I want to work towards as much as I can in the next little while. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, hopefully get our YouTube thing going, but also we just got a new home, so get that sorted out and uh, just continue working on these things. Yeah, we mastered our renovation skills, haven't we? Yes, we didn't end up doing... Well, we just sort of started putting the renos of the uh, apartment we were living in on the YouTube channel. And I, uh, we didn't actually end up doing much in this new one. So we haven't really filmed anything yet. Uh, one, because we were stressed and I needed to get it done. And also because we just did flooring and painting and we didn't feel yeah, like putting so a video there. <laughs> I'll probably film the stairs, though. We're going to do hardwood stairs on carpet, so you have to make your own hardwood stairs. Well, laminate stairs, so we'll see how that goes. I'll have to. I'll do a trial run first and then decide if I want to film it. Let's see you not butcher it. Not butcher it. But we, put, we got a home gym now with a garage, so we put mats in there, and we can do a lot more with that, so I'm excited to work on that. And workouts? And work out more regularly because now I don't have to commute to a gym. Oh, so. and there's a really beautiful park close to our new home. Yeah. Where I go for my morning runs now. The cold shower thing. Oh, oh. I still hate it. Oh, yeah. It's All a, thanks to Andrew uh, Huberman. Huberman. Is it Andrew Huberman? Andrew Huberman. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's it's so much so much benefit you can get from the cold shower in the morning i think i'm not doing it long enough i think i should do a minute i just hear like, <laughs> like, a, like a grouse. and we actually have cold and hot water now in our apartment it's it ice didn't water. work properly it's so perfect. now it's ice water or hot boiling water <laughs> i can't even stay in that in the water for more than 10 seconds before pulling out it's so cold (laughs) before in our old apartment it was not cold i could stay in there for a good 30 seconds to a minute no problem but i think because of those cold showers i'm not that cold this year you know i used to be so cold freezing cold yeah we were in minus six and i i was fine i didn't even wear my thick layers Uh, you're complaining up on this mountain you're like it's cold it's cold (laughs) Well, <laughs> thinner air up here. I don't know what altitude are we at. Uh, it took about an hour like to drive Probably like two thousand, almost probably two thousand meters or feet. Uh, let's see. I'm not gonna tell you where, but it's a mountain in BC somewhere that overlooks other mountains in BC somewhere. Yeah, like eighteen. Yeah, about two thousand. I would say like that's eighteen. Yeah. Oh, so. it's a pretty steep climb there. I can see on the topographical map. If you don't know how to read a map. 
it's a very important skill because if all satellites get knocked out and it's actually a skill I learned in school and I can still read a map reasonably well, topographical map and otherwise. Uh, a lot of people don't know how to do that anymore. I just have my phone. Hey, man, if a solar flare knocked out all the satellites and you got to go back to map reading and you don't know how to read a map properly, you're screwed. It's not just going to tell you where to go. Cities are different because I know she's thinking now. Why don't you learn where you're going in cities? <laughs> there was a sign to the gas station. <gasps> oh, I don't have my Google map. <sighs> I don't know where to go. Because I don't, but I can still read a map if I have to. There is a literal sign there saying there's a gas station two kilometers away. <gasps> I don't have Google Maps. And then there's a gas station before that. I'm like, why don't we turn in there? Like, no, the sign said two kilometers ahead, but there's a gas station right there. There's another one. Okay, fine. <laughs> But yes, you can see couples' problems. Not, no, not really problems. Google, you're so dependent on your Google Maps yeah, now. Yeah, our technology. But I think, because we want to head back down the mountain now, it's a, the, the, uh, the least successful time to hunt is around midday usually. So you have to wait. You can nap. Yeah, we napped and then we did Eat. this a little bit. And uh, it's not very long, like my normal ones, but... Uh, now you get to see my other half in one of our activities out in the wild. What, uh, any last final things you want to throw out there? Uh, no, not much. Just, you know, get out and chill out and don't be stressed. Turn off your phones because there's fear porn everywhere. Fear porn! <laughs> Everywhere. Oh, man. My parents have the news on all the time. And I'm like, no wonder people are anxious reading lunatics. You can't watch this shit all day long. The shit that they say is so ridiculous sometimes. When you actually know the extensive details of what they're talking about and know how they've bastardized and manipulated and they're lying, it's just like, oh, my God. I, was like, I, I get angry with it on all day. So I'm like, can they, can they watch other stuff? Like, Jesus Christ. They change different news channels too, from saying C- the same thing. CTV to Global News to all um, saying the same CNN. <laughs> like, can we stop? Yes. But yeah, don't but, listen to the fear porn. Get out. Get away from yourself. Yeah, if you want to have good mental health, um, stop it's, letting it's, them it's cause not anxiety. Science. Yeah, it's not your anxiety science. has been heightened by the fear porn and people telling you things that are meant to keep you fearful, so that they want you to do or not do certain things. Yeah. It's not what you not as all as, as it seems. Yeah, you're responsible for your own mental health. Nobody else is responsible. Well, you're for responsible your, for your health. You're yeah. responsible for. Oh, you didn't say. Uh. You're responsible for your own personal safety. <laughs> <laughs> One of the first things I was saying that uh, she should learn to take care of herself. Oh yeah. How does it go? Oh yeah. Uh, One of the first things we were chatting, you were trying to hit on me. And I was trying to flirt back by making... We're both terrible at it. ...making you the knight of in shining armor. And I said, oh, so if I fall off the cliff, you'll protect me or, or something. Or you know, if the apocalypse is here, you'll protect me, right? And you said, no, you'll have to learn to protect yourself. And that went nowhere. <laughs> she did not, like, wouldn't let it go for a long time. You're not even going to protect me. You're going to throw me under the bus and run away. No, I'm not. That's not what I said. You're going to let me fall off the cliff. Every individual. Some kind of of person that I'm going to date. Every individual needs to be responsible for their own physical safety if they are able, their own mental safety if they are able, their own mental state if they're able. Stop letting big daddy government be responsible for it or other people. 
If you rely on other people too much, obviously there's exceptions. Uh, those who are unable to is a different story. Oh, you We're, should support each other. Yeah, support each other. We're social, but like you need the physical self-defense skills. You need to know when someone's conning you, when someone's lying to you, when someone's making a bad argument or they're manipulating you. You need to know these things mm-hmm. so that you can protect yourself as an individual when there are not others to protect you. You can't always rely on the other to protect you. Yeah. Sometimes the other is the one trying to cause you harm, and if you lack the individual skills to realize that, then you will be helpless. So that's where I'm coming from. Not throw you under the bus <laughs> and run away. Always have a fat friend so that you can run away in a zombie apocalypse faster. Right? Number one rule in zombie land, cardio. That's why I'm training now, just in case. Zombie and, apocalypse. Yeah, be aware of your, your, your state, um, you know, your mental state and your physical state. And be realistic of, of, of things. That's it. That's all. Well, thanks for coming up the mountain with me. And having the balls to marry me. <laughs> for the great battles. The great battles, yes. Well, thanks or, for listening. Or the ovaries, as they oh. say. <laughs> yes, we'll get into that. Thanks for listening, and uh, hope you enjoyed it. You're listening to The Warrior's Day. The Warrior's Day. Brought to you by Urban Tactics Krav Maga, turning lambs into lions.